this Survivor? What? Bro, are you listening to Survivor? Guys, I think this is Survivor. Dude, you must really like Survivor. Hello, this is the Survivor Buffs, Blindsides and Banter podcast. This is the podcast made by superfans, with superfans, for superfans. And I'm here with my co-host, Mac. Mac, how you going, mate? Buckles, I am extremely well. What a week of Survivor we've just witnessed. Uh, all-time great opening week, I would say. Um, really living up to the hype. But I'm not sure if Heroes and Villains is the season we are watching. I don't see it's many It's not heroes. heroes and Villains, mate. It's not Heroes and villains, villains. This is just Villains. This is the Villains season, right? Villains versus Villains? Or is it George versus the Villains? What, what is it? What are we naming it? It's it's the George, Shawnee, and Simon show. George, Shawnee. So, Simon versus himself? Or, or, or Simon versus himself, yeah. Versus his own sanity? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Shawnee getting paranoid for some reason. That was yeah. random. There's just a whole, a whole lot going on. And this villain tribe, I'm here for them. This is a great tribe. Um, probably one of the, probably the best tribe we've seen in Australian Survivor. I love it. I love everything to do with it. There's so much going on. And we're getting all their content, which is great. It's, it's just been a great yeah. opening week. It really has. It really has. And I am going to bet my last week's paycheck that your moment of the week is going to have either George, Johnny, or Simon in it. Spoiler alert, it does. <laughs> <laughs> really? Shit. Oh, well, in, almost, I couldn't have in almost every scene is one of them. So they, exactly. They're exactly. In, in a lot of the, the, the intricacies of the week. Yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna just say let's let's get into the heroes a little bit later because that's only gonna be a very short segment. I think we already did, but, didn't we? Didn't we just mention them? Did. And that's that's all the show did, so we don't have to go into. Oh, it. <laughs> we don't have to go into it. No. Uh, well, we, we might we might just like stick the toes in a little bit a little bit later. Yeah. But for now, I like what an intro, like the twenty minutes that was pre sent out to us all two days before was awesome. That just showed so many people. I, it just proves that I'm very happy with my winner's pick flick. And George with that meerkat music, as he popped his head up? <laughs> How good was that? Nah, the intro was, it was epic. They went through like the whole seven seasons of the history of the show. Um, I think in Australian Survivor compared to the other versions, just having the extra time length, they have the time, like the episode length, um, they have a lot of time to delve into this sort of stuff and just make it really epic. Everything's slow motion. They're all in the truck and then it drives through a gate and it just blows it in pieces and it gives you a little bit of backstory as you go. So I guess it ties a lot of, um, a lot of the players to the, the viewers straight away. You sort of hear what they're all about, maybe remind you of their past games. So... Really good job, I thought, uh, just to set the scene and really build it up. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was great TV, and that's that's one thing you got to give to Australian Survivor. They make everything feel like a movie. They the with a like with less production money, they somehow make the editing just so much more action filled, so much more full on in your face. It. It's definitely it's definitely different from American Survivor. Yeah, I think I think for, uh, let's talk to the people who don't watch the US version. They don't even do the intro in the US anymore. They jump straight into scenes about what's happening, and you don't really know what's going on. At least Australian Survivor, I mean, they probably dumb it down a bit for our audience, but it, they do a good job because they they re- reconfirm what's going on, where people are at, 
as well as these these big intros and, and like you said, movie-esque production quality. And it's just awesome. Like, just everyone moving in slow motion makes everything better. It's, everything's more fun yeah. in slow motion, I think. I agree. I agree. Uh, well, I guess where do we really want to start? We could start with Simon. We could start with George. Or we could really change it up and start with Shawnee. Yeah, like, I think they're all intertwined in their own ways. Um, yeah, like, you, you kick it off, mate. You, you, you're the brains here. I'm the brains. Where do you want to go? Uh, well, let's, let's, um, let's start with the wannabe, so far, Kingslayer. The Kingslayer. The frustrated Kingslayer. The frustrated Kingslayer. Um, I, he's embraced this villain mantra so well. Like, he is really, like, after meeting the guy, after watching him on Brains vs. Brawn, you don't, you, you don't feel this in him, but he has embraced it. And yes, it's a TV product and he's playing it up for the TV, but like things like, like stealing the food and the first challenge, trying to pull Sean off the ledge, a little bit pointless because it's not going to do anything but tire him out and Simon's still got a long way to go. Yeah. But like he, to burning George's hat, to whipping out that cookie instead of the thing, which you could see JLP snickering just before he read the votes, knowing that um, Simon was supposed to do something different. Yeah. Like, just how he has pulled off this villain persona is awesome. I have it's a awesome. theory. It's good TV. I have a theory. He's spending yeah. far too much time with the Joker, and he's turning into the Joker. Can you see that the swapping, they're turning into different people. Geordie's going a bit more level-headed, and Simon's becoming this crazy man, hell-bent on his his revenge against George. I don't, like, I sort of get it because he voted him out in his, in his original season, but like, just let it go, mate. Like, nobody wants him out. You just, you're gonna burn, you're gonna burn yourself, and you can see it like playing out. Like, Simon is not winning this battle. You can just Simon see is not winning this battle at all. I would put- um, never say that I'd ever think. A relationship with another person that Geordie would be the level-headed guy. Ah, you'd never say that before this season, and yet we find him as a bit more calculated this season, a bit calmer. He hasn't done anything anything stupid yet, and then Simon's just—it's just—he's gone full Joker mode, really. Yeah. Oh, he, the like Geordie, just dipping into Geordie just for a little bit because we only saw a little bit of him. Yeah. Um, like he is really—he's really. Um, Push the mold this year, like he's really changed himself up a little bit. He's still funny. He still plays his, he makes his jokes and stuff like that. Socially, he's great, um, but he's really sort of leveled himself out a little bit. I think um, having a kid on the way is doing wonders for him. Who knew that that's that shit makes you um, like mature? Didn't you? Yeah, I think it's probably that. And you know what? It's probably the fact that you know George is there, Shawnee's there, Simon's there. They've got big personalities. Maybe he's aware enough to just sort of. Sit, sit back in the distance a little bit and let things unfold around him. And he's doing a good job at it. Um, like, I don't need to spend too much time on Geordie because, like you said, he hasn't done too much. Um, only mentioned himself as a Joker twice in three episodes. Yeah. So that is pretty... For Geordie, that's extremely um, self-control for him. Yeah, well, he also hasn't had a thousand confessionals like last time. But that's so probably the reason. You sort of don't know how many times he did say it and they've just edited it out because he is not the most interesting person on this season. No, well, that's right. I mean, George will always take up the screen time and, you know, he's probably got the most confessionals, I'd argue. Um, I guess Simon, yeah, Simon was versus George, for, that's the battle. Yeah. He was out for, like, most of the first episode and still came in the top half of confessional givers. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess while we're on while we're on Geordie, just the one last thing I want to mention is how cute is the Simon and Geordie relationship? It is. It's it's really fun to watch. Oh, it's a genuine bromance for sure. And like, yeah, is he giving off BFE? Do you reckon? Is he giving off the best friend energy or <laughs> BFE? Bloody hell! I love that. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. Best friend energy. <laughs> that was cute too. Um, it was. It was cute. Uh, well, while, while we're on Simon, uh, well, let's get out of Geordie. Let's go on to Simon. The guy talks about how he should not. Like when you're a big, strong man, when you enter the game of Survivor, don't make waves, just make relationships. Don't push too hard at the start. Take your own advice, mate. You are going balls to the wall, pedal to the metal. Get this guy out. Yeah, he's, he's, he's overplaying, but I, I see, I can see w- why he's doing it. Let me just run this boy out, right? So, early days, he's the biggest guy in the tribe. So, he is safe, let's be honest. He won't be going home for the first three to six tribal councils if they go to all of them, right? So, he needs to set himself up for anything post-merge, uh, because once post-merge comes, the big guys are the threats. So he needs to sort of work. He needs to play his hard game now and maybe cruise later. Whereas someone like a, oh, I mean, I won't say George, but someone like, let's say, a Fraser or the, the smaller players, Liz, they, they need to cruise now and then play harder later because they need to just get by at the moment. And then as the game develops, they need to push their issues forward. Whereas Simon sort of needs to do the opposite because he will, he will be a target later. He, he definitely will be. I disagree with the Liz thing. I think Liz is a beast, and I see her dealing with the similar problem as Simon in the future. <laughs> um, yes, but no. you've got to remember, mate, no one remembers pre-swap. No. No one. <laughs> like, all he can say is, I got out George. That's it. He can't say how he got him out, because no one gives a shit. No, no one knows half the people that Simon would have got him out with. Um, it's... He's just, he's just going too hard too soon. Yeah. Uh, while I agree with that, I do think the scalp of George is... He's a, let's be honest, he's the biggest player in Australian Survivor. Like, you could argue Luke as well, but George, I'd say George has overtaken Luke at this point, or Dave. And if, you, yeah. if you're the only one to vote him out, remembering he didn't get voted out last season, um, if, you, if you're the one to do that, I mean, <laughs> it's some sort of you know, mantelpiece you put on, on your wall, on, sorry, on your mantelpiece, one of these, you cut off his head and you throw it on the wall. Um, he can say that forever, and regardless of if he wins or not, he has that in his back pocket, I guess. Yeah. He's, he's trophy hunting. I, yeah, he's trophy hunting. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to bring up, and let's jump all the way to the Mimi vote out, and the one thing I wanted to give to Simon was before he found whatever this advantage slash idol slash non-idol thing is, which we will discuss later, probably in depth. Yeah. Uh, before he found this, he did have a confessional saying that he wants Stevie, he's got Stevie, he wants to get Mimi out. Then we have a confessional by George saying he's running the tribe, Mimi's on his side, he wants to get Steve out, and the overall result is Mimi goes home. So did Simon sort of win that? Yeah. And... Is it possible that the girls possibly flip the vote at Tribal to appease Simon and keep Simon happy enough to not vote out George with some stupid move? Not that it would have worked, but 
with some stupid move. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a really tough one because like, on the show, they show it as Shawnee and Liz chatting at Tribal and they said, let's change it to, to Mimi based on what she's telling Steve, which was, yeah, she was saying just general stuff and they didn't like it for some reason. And it's hard for me to believe that in that moment, everyone in the tribe was united and changed their vote from Steve to Mimi. So to me, this has to be done before Tribal. Um, I don't probably get the sense of why. Um, it's a bit tricky because Shawnee doesn't want Steve around because Steve's after Shawnee. George doesn't want Steve around. But then maybe Simon and Geordie's wield that much power with Fraser and Sarah as well. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to find where Fraser and Sarah fit in all of it. Um, let's just go and through the villains. Shawnee and Liz are actually running the tribe. Well, that's the thing. So Shawnee and Liz are together. That's obvious. Um, mm. Geordie and, and Simon are together. That's obvious. And then it looks like Steve's with Simon and Geordie and George is with Shawnee and Liz, but yeah. Steve's against Shawnee and Simon is against George, but the six of them seem to be voting together. So it's very a uh, bit messy and it's hard to follow. And then somewhere in there, Fraser and, and, and Sarah are linked with sort of everyone, I suppose, but it's, it's a bit messy. Yeah, um, I did want to talk about, I actually wanted to apologise to you because last week... When you were talking about Steve, you compared him to Ty Trang over on American Survivor. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about his innocence, and I disagreed with you. I was thinking, Steve, sneaky Steve, always looking for idols. He's not, he's not innocent. He's, he's cheeky. He's naughty. But I think his innocence saved him, this tribal council. And yes, you say that um, they couldn't have possibly flipped it at tribal, and we all know that most of the time it does not get flipped at tribal. However, being a live tribal, it genuinely could have gotten flipped. Yeah. Um, and we only see some of the edit. So let's let's go under the assumption that everything was on Steve and it all got flipped to Mimi. I wanted to apologise and say his innocence there in how defensive Mimi got and how almost powerless Steve was, yeah. could have been the thing that saved him this tribal council. Yeah, perhaps Mimi has this, I guess, she comes across as a really confident, um, strong-willed sort of woman. Like, that's what I've got off the TV. And like like you said, Steve doesn't have that to him. He's, he's very, um, I don't want to say like weak, because that's not, but he's like non-threatening. Because he's just, he's just like this cute little guy. He says weird things. He's quirky. Gravity crushed the cookies, man. Well, Gravity crushed the cookies. I mean, I've lived on Earth 33 years now. I've never seen cookie be crushed just by gravity. But Steve is a lot older than me. Maybe he has seen that. <laughs> or it was in uh, in uh, The Art of War. Yeah, bad. <laughs> Might say yeah. something about that. But, um, I, you know, I'm loving Steve. Steve is great for TV. Like, despite what he is as a, as a player, I don't think he's been that great. But he's just... He's good television. Like everything he says, I laugh at. Uh, like his whole yep, opening, yep. his opening segment, like where he's talking about, I'm going to get rid of Shawnee, and he's got his little um, little army man, and he's like planning it out, like a little general, and he's doing his Tai Chi, Taekwondo stuff. It's just funny. Like I can't take him seriously, and maybe he's supposed to be taken seriously, but is it? You know, surely he's like the comic relief. He he is. He is. And so, Stevie versus Sean. Yeah. How good is that? How good is that? Good is that? If, if you're going to beat him, they're literally making Sean powerless. Well, 
you know what? They're using strategy and using a brain, yeah. which the heroes are not. And it's, I mean, it's worked for um, two of the rewards, but it's not working when it counts at immunities. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's definitely, it's definitely, there's, there's strategy involved in these um, challenges. And while we're still on Steve and strategy and challenges, can we um, quickly pop past the immunity challenge, George versus Stevie? With the puzzle, George is on the puzzle. He's guaranteed on the puzzle. It's he's George, so he's got to be on the puzzle. Stevie puts his hand up for the puzzle, and George says, "Oh, I'm not sure if we will work very well together. I'm not sure if we'll be on the same way, same wavelength." Yeah, and um, pulls Fraser in. Um, Is Fraser brought in because he's vertically challenged? So that means he must be good at puzzles. (laughs) I'm not sure. Fraser doesn't seem. Like the smartest tool in the shed. Maybe he's a puzzle guy. I might be wrong. He doesn't appear that way to me. Um, George is obviously good at puzzles. And Steve, well, he's a wild card. He could be the best puzzle maker ever. But also, you could have easily seen that go down in flames as well. Um, so, I mean, it's hard to blame anyone for it. Steve is very unique. And yeah. if George says we won't mesh and it will just be bad, then I would trust George's decision. But it obviously backfired on them. Yeah, and obviously when it comes to the immunity challenge, uh, the it uh, comes to tribal council, and Michael saying it's George's fault. It the it's uh, what was it? Sarah was right. It is the team's decision. They put George in that seat. They agreed with George that Fraser would work better with George. The whole team decided that. Or even if George decided it, no one on the team chimed up and stopped him. So it is a team loss. It's not just a George loss. Yes, George didn't help, but it's a team loss because they're in it as a team. No, for sure. And I don't. I think Michael was just using that as a just a, I guess, a, to make a common reason to get rid of George. Like he wanted him out regardless, and that was just something he could paint as the reason. And he just went on with that. Um, do you want to go into Michael while we're here, or? Uh, yeah, let's let's dip into Michael. This is a man let's on self destruct mode. From day one, he was in self destruct mode um, for the six days or six days maybe. Was it? Or, I don't know what day it was when he got voted out. Look, uh, fifth day. Entertaining, yes. The man, one hundred, mate, one hundred. He, he was definitely entertaining. I don't know why he came in with this vendetta against George, and I mean a lot of people did, but he was so active about it, and he just did not know how to go about it. This is the typical case of overplaying too hard too soon. And you know, when you've got the returning players there, especially, it's it's not going to work for you. 100, mate. 100. <laughs> I'm being real with you. I'm being real with you. Um, Michael, my my word for Michael last week was slimy or slippery. You got that bang on. And I got that, yeah, I got that bang on. And look, it's as you said, it's the classic case Super fan, he's been watching the game for 20 years. He comes in with all these ideas of things he needs to do, but just doesn't accomplish them properly. And it was his social, his uh, his social game that was really what struggled. The strategy, uh, look, it, it's very basic strategy. Get George out, get Simon on board, blah, blah, blah. But it was his social game that fucked it. People didn't trust him. People saw him as slippery and slimy. They saw him as beady eyes, like Georgie says. And, like, we all get scared of that. Us as super fans, 
all get scared of going on and just absolutely blowing it and being the first person out. It is all of our greatest fears, and unfortunately, he lived it. Um, I listened to his exit interview. He owns it. Like, he still believes it was the right move and stuff like that. He just couldn't pull it off. Yeah, like, it was obviously he didn't have the bonds to do it, but I think a lot of it was, like, there's particular language he used around talking to people, which I really didn't think was helping him at all. Um, I'll just give you some examples. There was a time Shawnee comes up to him feeling unsafe, and he says, Shawnee, you are 100% safe. And it's like, you don't know this, Michael. You don't have the power to say this. So he comes in with this this little bit of a power trip. He then goes to Steve and asks, um, who do you want out? He's like, no, you tell me before I tell you. So he's he's sort of dictating a bit too much to the players, and it's, it's... it's not how you talk to people. It's it's not how you get people on side. It's not how you pull off a blind side or even just getting numbers to make a vote. Um, yeah. He just wanted to do too much. He's too fixated on George, and it's just cost him. And you know what I didn't like? It's fine to make mistakes. Like, I get that. It's easy to watch on TV. Everything's, you know, you can see the whole picture. You make a mistake, but just realize what you've done. So in his final words, he says something like, like, no one's playing on the villains. Everyone should start playing or else why, why are you here? And it's like, it's day five or six, mate. Like, you've, you've overplayed and it's cost you, but in that moment, you still can't see that. And that, that it's not, it's a sign of a bad player at the end of the day, I think. Uh, look, the brains don't always go with it. And, we, and even us, us as super fans, that doesn't mean we're good at the game. No. It doesn't. Just because we know the game does not mean that we're good at it. And, yeah, unfortunately, Michael wasn't great at it. Or he wasn't great on this cast. I'm going to guess he wouldn't be very good on any cast. But I, you don't know. There might be the perfect cast out there for him. I don't really see him returning. But, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, while, we're, while we're on the, uh, the people voted out, I'd love to move on to Angeli. Angelie. Is that how I pronounce it again? I think it's Angelie. I think that's how they said Angelie. Angelie. Little fire. Yeah, and um, I just wanted to, like, her little thing with Michael, right where as they're on the beach introducing themselves to the tribe, and Michael's like, yeah, I'm from North Queensland, I'm a journo. And then Angelie's right next to him, so unlucky, like absolutely the unluckiest position she could have been in for Michael. And straight away, she chimes up, yeah, I've um, I've been the... Oh, what is it, the reporter on CNN for <laughs> since forever? Yeah. And Michael's just there like, oh, and I mean nothing. <laughs> just wound up him. Yeah, just wound up him. And wow, Ron Angeli, holy crap, I think I might have to go watch, what is it, Desperate Housewives? or uh, Real Housewives no, of Melbourne, I believe. Real Housewives of Melbourne, the sixth season. I think she only lasted like six episodes from what I hear. Uh, but I think I might have to watch this because she was brilliant. Her sound bites were amazing. Her energy that she brought to the show, incredible. As a character, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, she's everything you want in the first boot. Like, just someone that just says it how it is. Has has good, like, one-liners. Has, she's got everything. Like, look, she found herself in a tough spot. Like, George and Jackie weren't there for her when she probably needed a bit of help um, just with navigating the game. And she had two guys who were returnees on her side. Them, obviously, being medivaced, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, It just, it was a a really tough spot. And she just, she was sort of more collateral damage. Um, I'd argue probably because of the way she spoke. The first pancake, mate. 
Yeah, it's first, first pancake. pancake. You, it goes in the bin. Do you throw your first pancake away? Um, I don't. I eat it, but I'm also a pig. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure other people throw their first pancake away. I eat everything, so... Yeah, I mean, they all taste um, the same. It just looks like shit. It just looks like shit. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I did one one thing, and I don't have this quote exact, but Survivor Trust is like a porcelain plate at a Greek wedding. Yeah, I like that. Holy fuck. That is a good one. That is really good. She, she like, sits at home before the game and just has all these, like, ready to go in, like, a roller deck. It's like, well, uh, so... I um, listened to her in, in an excellent interview with uh, on the Brink of Reality podcast. Uh, by the way, shout out to Ryan Brink. He is awesome. Um, are we, are we advertising really... rival podcasts here? <laughs> no, just for just for just for the um, exit interviews. We don't. We're not cool enough to get exit interviews just yet. No, that's fair. <laughs> uh, but but um, listening listening to her, she had worked out. She worked out quite quickly. She wasn't sticking around long. Um, and she just went balls to the wall. Let's make some good TV. Let's make some good drama. And like, that's, that's why she was cast. So she did exactly what she was cast for. She lasted. She got her money. She walked away. Yeah. And I think if anyone who listened to last week's pod, which I'm sure all listeners here have, um, we pretty much predicted, predicted exactly that. I think we said one or two episodes. She's going to be here for a good time and a long time. And, uh, I'm going to say we were spot on with that one. We were. Well, she was my first boot. Yeah, my She was my first boot, and um, I'm pretty happy with picking that. <laughs> uh, I believe, I don't, that, that's not, that is not correct. I'm going to call you up there. Your first boot was Steve, mate. Sneaky Steve. Oh, yeah, but that was on the podcast, and I <laughs> thought about it. The actual power ranking, she was my first boot. <laughs> the listeners can't see the power ranking spuckles. Yeah, I know. They can okay. only hear well, this, and you've said officially, Steve is your first boot. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess there's um, As did I. people can go back and hear that. Uh, yeah, you're right. The people will fact check. Right, Steve, well, it. good. No, but I'm glad Stevie isn't gone. Stevie oh. is making great TV. Okay. Stevie made Shawnee paranoid. Yeah, like how good's that? How good's that? Shawnee was shitting herself. Yeah, you don't she see that was. Before. You don't see that. She's such a confident person. And she's a confident survivor player. And she goes with the flow. Like, her, I've never said her strategy's bad. She's got good strategy. But she's... Like, her being paranoid was... It was cool to watch. It was good to see her being human. Being uh, like us. Makes us feel better about possibly getting on the show in the future. Um, okay, so who should we dip into next? Do we want to continue on Shawnee? Do you have anything to say about Shawnee? Um, well, look, she's, she's, she's found her best friend. We, we discussed this a little bit, um, which she sort of has done in every season. She had, um, what was it, Fenella in, in season her first season, and then she had Harry and Nick, the little rascals in the next in the All-Stars. So yeah. I feel like she's in a, in a good spot now. She seems to have a lot of control of the tribe because um, she's got Simon on her side as well as George. So she really has her own power plus, I guess, the two power brokers. So she, she pretty much can dictate the rest of the the, um, the pre-swap, which I don't know how much longer that will be, given the state of the villains. But yes, I, I, I don't know. I think they're going to have to um, swap pretty soon, otherwise they're going to have no villains left. What, we're down to 8 versus 12? 
Well, that's, that's the thing. In, in a, in a three-episode week where three people go home, they've lost four people. So that, that's how good they're going. Yeah. That's how good they're going. <laughs> and, and well, while, while we're on swap and villains, let's just, let's, let's quickly smash out this heroes let's segment. Get it done with. Just quickly, just smash it out. Um, so we've got our go-tos, our newbies. We've got the go-tos, Matt, Paige, brilliant confessionalists. Um, Paige, the token country person. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, I really wanted to mention Ben's, uh, meat tray joke. Yeah, that was good. With, with the four boys. That was, uh, he, you can tell he's a writer. He's, he's got away with words. Nah, for sure. That's why he's my winner pick, mate. That's why he's your winner pick. Well, he, he could be. <laughs> Officially, yeah. yeah. Said it on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, both our winner picks are in good positions. I, I think Flick's, Intro in the um, starting package was brilliant, and then that little cheek to the camera saying, "And now I'm going to win." That was awesome. Made me feel really, really good. The I guess let's move on quickly to Haley because she is our winner, um, the only winner on the season, and she is dealing with the winner's curse, and she's a bit worried. Yeah, and, and rightly so. Like the thing is, this tribe doesn't need. I mean, they're all strong. So, like, there's no, like, oh, vote out the week. But Haley's obviously strong. But they don't need that anymore. Like, they're winning everything. So, they can afford to get rid of whoever they want. Um, I think it's going to be tough for her. But it looks like her and Flick have, a, obviously, their friends. Um, looks like they might have roped in Paige. Um, so, there's, I mean, there's room to move. The Beefcake 4, or what do we call them, Meat Tray. Um, mm-hmm. Surf and Turf. That's 4 surf out of 12. Turf, yeah. So, that's a strong majority and you'd think a lot of newbies would just gravitate to a core four of guys that are strong that might keep you safe so if Haley can't get in on that she might be in trouble but uh we saw in the last episode George giving her I guess a hint to where she might find an idol so that was interesting yeah that was that was interesting um they obviously showed us that which could mean that she finds one reasonably soon uh she has yeah the relationship with Flick from her season? I know that she's like her and Nina have hung out. I've seen it online, so they've definitely got a relationship. Sean does seem like he. We haven't heard from many of them, so we don't really know the strategy over there. Sean has brought up she's needs to go. She's a winner. He brought it up to Rogue, and then he also brings it up in this uh, next week on Survivor um, at the end of this third episode. Yeah. I guess let's let's just quickly. I don't want to. I don't want to say this name because I think a lot of people online aren't even saying it now. They're saying that person or something to that effect. Wow! But um, yeah, it's gone. It is gone crazy. I know you're not on social media too much, Mac. But uh, like Sandra's gone off. It. It's. Um, I'm. I don't want to get into it too much. She is. Just for the listeners, what sorry, Rogue we're Ed? talking about Rogue, yeah? Yeah, we're talking about Rogue. Yeah. Um, I think everyone knows who we're talking about. Uh, she, for, no matter what she, whether she said any of this in jest or not, or anything like that, what she said was wrong. And uh, yes, editing might have had something to do with it. Who knows? But the words came out of her mouth. And that's pretty much as far as I really want to talk about her. Yeah, that's fine. Like, she's obviously not self-aware. She just didn't seem to um, fit in. 
Maybe she's just trying too hard to fit in, find common ground. I don't know. I'm not going to make excuses for her. It's, she just, I don't know. She's not really aware. Maybe she spent too much time with like the lines and stuff. She doesn't have much social interactions with people. Yeah. Um, that's what I was thinking. I also yeah. think like there was the jest comment, the one about the circumcision. Obviously that was in jest. Yes, she's waving at machete. We don't really have machetes in real life, but in Survivor, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday tool that they use. Yeah. So, like, that's that we can tell that was in jest. I don't know about the other conversation with Nina. Um, the the one about the uh, the lion bit my ass, beat that. Yeah, like that was going to be my soundbite for the season, and now <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> yeah, just going on about the beat that, beat that. I'm like, oh, you know, it wasn't for me. Like, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Anyway, let's let's move on. She might to struggle. The, yeah, I she will struggle. I um. She'll either uh, get voted out very, very soon, or she'll make it to the end and make it to the final tribal council as a go. Yeah, because she is not winning this game. <laughs> it is that simple. There's If there's one person in this game that I can safely say will not win, it's her. And uh, it's, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, they must have made a mistake in casting or whatever. But let's move on to the Taj Mahal of Shelters. How good does that thing look, mate? Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Um, it looked really like long and like wide. I've never seen anything so big, really, for just for like a normal shelter. Um, and did you see Jerry like hanging off it, like the thing's solid as a rock. Yeah, I mean they have a really strong team, so I guess they can afford to expend some energy on it. Um, I'm 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 a bit disappointed we didn't see it get cut to the ground, but but um, I guess they raided the rest of the camp and destroyed everything else. But honestly, can we just move on from the heroes? Like, we've talked about them more than the content they get on the screen. Um, let's go back to the villains. Do you want to talk about Liz? Tell me about Liz. She is a beast. Holy crap, she is a challenge beast. She could be giving Haley a run for her money in the post-merge. Yeah, like, she's an Olympic athlete, so she's obviously going to have that, I guess, just the physical strength, the mental toughness and all that. Um, I could definitely see her in the post-merge, all the endurance sort of challenges, her going really well. Uh, she's got that light frame. So, yeah, so far, so good. Like, she's, I mean, powerful enough to knock over Nina. Um, yeah. And, she and, um, Shawnee and Shawnee and her knocked over Haley and Nina. Yeah. And, like, Haley's, Haley's bloody strong. Pretty impressive, yeah. I mean, she, yeah, at the end of the day, she went to the Olympics for a sport. Like, she's obviously going to be strong, so... But she yeah, doesn't look like much definitely. on it. Like she has pretty much skin and bones. But yeah, did well. Yeah, no. I'm um, well. We're on her, her facial expressions. Holy crap! Ugh. It is. It is so good to watch. Those. She definitely got the resting bitch face. That is so true. Yeah. Um. And the crazy faces that she makes. For yeah, they're for camera. But like, oh, the demon in the dark. Yeah. Look, the one. The one the in the um... eye roll when bloody. Uh, who was it? Michael's talking to her. Yeah. She walks away and just rolls her eyes. Gifted, gifted. She was made for TV, mate. The one in the flashback, like her intro package sort of thing, where she's doing that evil smile. Have you seen that movie yeah. Smile? I think it came out like last year. Like that's exactly what they look like. And she could, she could be on that movie. I swear. <laughs> I yeah, I was thinking more. What is it? Uh, who's the Birds of Prey chick? Um, Margot Robbie. Oh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, yeah. yeah I yeah. thought I was seeing similarities because she had the uh, ponytails. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen Smile, so I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've just seen the previews, and yeah, that's it. Just it's a horror movie, and you could see why. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Well, I think it's time for us to move on to this weird situation that we're in where the producers are not telling us anything. But what we do know is this is not an idol that Simon has. Yeah, Simon's uh, little trinket. What 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 are we thinking? What what do you think it is? Oh, it's got to be a mutiny idol. In my mind, that's all I'm thinking. You play it on someone, they just get shipped over to the other side. End of episode. There's your um, non-alim. Okay, so he just says I'm playing it for this person. Okay, here's the thing. Why does and he, he doesn't know till the time, and then he sends his friend over to the other side and fucks his game. Okay, so my thought. I had a, I had a couple of ideas. Um, one yeah. was the, so we saw it in All Stars, I think it was, just before the merge, that um, tri- Tribal Council passed for the whole tribe. Like, you lost yeah. the challenge, but you don't have to go to Tribal. And the thing is, cause, because Jackie left um, in the first episode, they need to make up an episode of non-elimination. So they need, yeah, yeah they need someone to not go home for whatever reason. Um, so I thought maybe it could have been that. But, I mean, I'm basing this yeah. off nothing. Just, I guess it oh, okay, dude, we're, we're all basing it off nothing. Um, one thing I did want to sort of uh, get give to you, do you think the notes at the bottom of the cookie jar, like written into the bottom of the cookie jar, oh. and then they find it, and then they're like, so someone's got this, yeah. whatever it is, and it just, just promotes paranoia and, like, gives drama to the show. Yeah, I like that theory. That sounds cool. Just so, yeah, it's like the jar is empty. There was an advantage in it. It's up to you to find out who, you know, and then see what happens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, th- I think that I think that sounds cool. My in my mind, a lot of people are saying nullifier. I don't see it as a nullifier. The only reason is it just looks too small. A nullifier is quite a large coin because you've got to write a name on the back. So I sort of, in my mind, I feel like it's not a nullifier. I don't think it can be because he would have to know what it is to use the nullifier. So let's pretend like George played his idol at the tribal council, just just the third one. Um, yeah, he could use a nullifier, but he didn't know what it was. So I doubt it. I would love to have seen him play it and be told this is not an idol, and you know, him blow up yeah. his spot. I guess luckily he didn't, but it would have been yeah. Uh, fireworks. Yeah, definitely. I um, we definitely know it's not an idol. So we had bloody George saying something like. You know that when he found his idol, you know this is an idol because it says this is a hidden immunity idol. And he said that in his confessional when he found his idol. And without us realising, that was the lead up to Simon not having a note. No, this is not an idol. Yeah, that's very true for and, the keen eye viewers. And I guess for the people who don't know the show that well, that's important they put that in. And then when obviously when Simon has it and says he, it's an idol, they've got that big cross on the screen say no, it's not. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one thing that Simon did say while he was flashing whatever it is around, he said his biggest fear is to be voted out with an idol. I'm sorry, mate. I think we've just found your biggest fear, and that is playing something that you think is an idol that isn't an idol and getting voted out because of it. I can't wait for that. It would have been epic just to say, I'm playing this on Stevie or whoever he wanted to do it just to get George out. And then, then JLP saying no. But then the votes have already been cast, so George gets votes, and obviously Simon's done it, and now there's a big backlash. But, I mean, we we missed out on that because Geordie was too sensible. Yeah. Could have been epic. He was? Yeah. Okay, Mac, um, I just wanted to ask about what could have Simon... Is there a way that Simon could have got George out in this vote 
say it was an idol, say this thing that isn't an idol was an idol, is there a way that Simon could have got George out in this vote without completely blowing up his spot without the girls on his side? No. No? <laughs> I don't think so. That's like, simple. Nobody wants to do it. He's the only one left that wants George gone. George is a... George, having George there... Okay. So something we're going to get into soon anyway is is the whole thing about Shields, right? And Shawnee has said this a few times. Having George there is a good shield for her, which is completely true. So for everyone except for Simon and maybe Geordie, George is a perfect shield because he's always going to be bigger than everyone else. Um, yeah. Now, I don't think... I, sorry? I want to disagree with you there. I think it is better for Simon because Simon isn't... He's a physical threat. He's not a threat as per the game because he choked in his game. Yeah. So George being there, like, it doesn't help him at all. Um, Geordie, on the other hand, being the character that Geordie was, getting to sixth, he, like, having George there definitely helps Geordie to a bit. So you think George is a steward for Geordie? Yeah, definitely. But not for Simon. I, I agree, not for Simon. Um, yeah. And the thing with the shield is they're supposed to protect you from, like, an attack, right? Let's just think of the actual using a shield in a war or something. Now, so for Shawnee, if she has George in front of her, George stops the attack. If Simon has yeah. George in front of him, George just turns around and stabs him instead. So because yeah. George is actively against Simon. So it doesn't work the same way as Shawnee and Simon. That, yeah. That's why I don't think um, when they got rid of uh, Michael... Simon should have pushed harder to get rid of George, I think. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Um, I've, I'm not sure who actually had the votes coming into Tribal Council. And it was definitely in Tribal Council, Michael blew up his spot. Obviously, the edit pushed us to think that everyone sort of changed their votes at Tribal Council, or a lot of people did. Not everyone, because Shawnee was always voting for Michael. But supposedly people sort of change their votes at Tribal Council. Um, I do feel like even if Michael didn't blow up his spot, he was probably going home anyway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll, I want to talk about that a little bit later about uh, a three the three people this week pretty much, in my mind, voting themselves out. Okay. But I wanted to get back to this idol with Simon. And now, let me swing this pasture, okay? Yeah. Simon gives it to Steve. Yep. Okay? Tells Steve everyone's voting for him. Steve plays it. Simon votes with him and then lies his ass off that he voted for George. Could that keep the girls on side, get George out, if it was an idol, which it's not, get George out. The only fault in the plan is Mimi got the majority votes. No, I'm talking about the... Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yes, and that's... and But we're under the impression that that was a live tribal and that was made at tribal. A hundred percent of the people were going to vote Steve. That is the impression we have gotten from the edit. Yeah. Um, it's a bit... And that's all I can run this off. It's a bit yeah. too cute. It's, it's definitely a stretch. I don't think Steve... Like, Steve's a bit erratic. He'd probably th- throw uh, Simon's name under the bus at some stage. Yeah. Because he doesn't have the social awareness. Oh, he, he, he can't really lie very well, <laughs> I don't think. No. <laughs> um, and not to mention Simon's got to lie his ass off. But that could have been 
a better strategy than what he was going to do, not having Geordie on his side. Yeah, but... He might have got out of that instead of he's definitely not getting out of that. I think it's just, it's just too cute. Like, it didn't need to happen. Uh, Simon's got to forget about George for a little bit and just focus on himself and, and getting, like, good relationships around him, which he seems to be in a decent spot. But when you get fixated on one person, it's never good for your game. Like, we see it all the time. We saw it with Michael. It was fixated on George. He got some self sent home. Um, Stevie's fixated on Shawnee for some reason. So, yeah, it, it's it's not healthy. Uh, Geordie, uh, in his season... Just the whole thing with Sam, and you see what it did to him. It turned him into this, this into this Joker character. Um, it drives you literally insane if you just focus on one person too much. Yeah. And I did want to say there was another flaw to Simon's plan, and that was only having two votes. So, he, say him and Geordie voting for George was not going to be enough if George was to do exactly what he did the last vote and vote Stevie as a contingency. Yeah, that's true too. So it might have been uh, two on... Yeah. yeah. It could have been two on, two on Steve... Or, or two on Mimi. And... Yeah, oh. and it wasn't till... Because as, as, as I said, again, we're watching an edit, and the last thing, like, from what we know, everyone was voting for Steve, it got changed at trial to Mimi. Yeah. And that's what could have stopped George from splitting the vote. Yeah, but I think... So when, when George did it in the Michael tribal, he knew that Michael was voting for George, right? Um, yeah. So you need to have a, a, another number or somewhere else. Whereas when when Steve versus Mimi, Steve's voting for Mimi anyway, so it's fine to go unanimous there. So I don't think... Yeah. He, put, he, he probably wouldn't have put a second one on, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, that's fair. Tough one. Okay. Um... Well, I, I, did, I did want to mention Simon sort of almost giving George the winner's edit with some of the things he's saying. Um, like, we, we all we know classic Pia, Pia's line, if I'm, I'm either going to be the first one out or I'm going to win the game. And Simon, of course, says, George is going to be the first one, he's either going to be the first one out or he's going to win the game. <laughs> and then the next episode, he says he's either going to be the second person out or he's going to become runner-up. Yeah, Simon's just losing his mind out there. He's, he's just, like I said, focus on yourself, mate. You, you'll, you'll be a better player for sure. Just, you just got to take it as it comes. You've got to be a bit more fluid. You can't be locked in on plans and people. you got to, every day is different. Reassess it, make a new plan. Just build relationships so you have options with the plans, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And I really, look, I really like Simon as a character, as a player. Some of his ideas are a bit whacked as a player. I really like him and I hope he goes far. But yes, as you said, he needs to get off this fixation with George. Um, But while we're on this fixation with George, how about George? And this is is something that makes me feel like there's more than just that vote involved in Simon wanting George out. Because I don't think George likes Simon either. We're noticing George throwing out all these really subtle hints like when George rocks up to the immunity challenge after Anjali's been voted out and the John uh, JLP mentions, okay, we, the villains had the choice to let Jackie go as the person voted out or to, for me to read the votes and the tribe decided to read the votes. 
George's answer to that when JLP asks him what he thinks is, I wasn't there, but Simon's unified the tribe and I support the tribe's decision. Directly after whispering to the heroes, there was nothing wrong with with her, with Angelique. Um, Like, that's some very subtle gameplay there. And he's pushing to the heroes that Simon's running the show over here. You're going to have to get him out. Yeah, like he's he's obviously just pushing Simon in front of him, and that's that's well saying before, like that's why the shield doesn't work for Simon because George is, is actively pushing back on him. Yeah, and but yeah, it's 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 brilliant gameplay, and even like what was it? Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, beefcake calls him beefcake in front of a few people, and hero when um, Simon's filled up his water bottle. These little things they they push into people's minds. Like it's very it's very good gameplay by no, George no, sure. in this pushback against Simon. But another thing that George is doing really is his well is his conversations across the aisle with the heroes have been really awesome. Even that little one with Nina, just asking her how she's going, just letting her know that he's still thinking about her. Because they definitely have a relationship on the outside. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Then, there's, we, there's probably a lot more of that we don't see. I imagine that like they all walk in, they have a chat sort of with everyone. Um, I, they just get some on camera that we see because, because it's okay. George. If it was anyone else, we wouldn't see because George is the character. It's George's season, you know? Um, yeah. I, I'm guessing they, they have a lot more chat than we see. <laughs> and talking about George's season, the George versus Haley in the promos and then George is literally telling Haley how to get an idol. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Like... <laughs> I mean, they're obviously um... friends. They're friends on the outside. They went to the end of the game together. They ran a lot of, the, of their season, like, together. Yeah. Um, not all of it, but like a lot of it was working together, and then they also co-hosted Talking Tribal together. So they're like they're yeah. probably genuine friends. Yeah, they would be, and I dare say, I don't see Haley being the one to vote George out, and I don't see George being the one to vote Haley out. No, I could even see them seen... teaming up. Like they need each other if they make it to a point where they're both there. Yeah, definitely. They definitely need each other. And it's unless they're like at the final two or three, it's, yeah, I just don't, or maybe the final five and one of them's got a better run to the end, a smoother run. Maybe they get the other person out. But I just don't see both of them making it that far. Like they are great players, but getting both of them to like the final five. Yeah, that's, that's not just, it's just not going to happen. No. Or and well, actually, could like they're very good players, but I very much don't see it. I don't want to say it's not going to happen because David won the fucking game. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. I yeah, I didn't see a way that David would win the game either. So <laughs> you get that. Okay. Um. Well, while we're on, I guess George is still. Let's talk about the George and Jackie incident. The twenty-four hours. Gone. What do you think of this rule? Yeah, look, this is something that's I would say very controversial. Um, pretty much only in Australian Survivor do we see this twenty-four hour medical rule. You can leave the game for twenty-four hours, even if you're going to a tribal council. Um, we saw it in Brains vs Brawn with Georgia I, and Chelsea. Oh, and Chelsea, yeah. Sorry, twice. It's just it's it's insane to me that someone can get injured that like. If you can't continue the game, you get assessed there, you get taken away. In American Survivor, it happens all the time, and no one's 
bothered by it. You know, it's just, I, I don't agree with it. I think it's a bit of a cop out, especially in the first tribal council of the season where George was a huge target. Like, if he can't attend it, still be up for a vote and he can still vote or something. Like, there needs to be a different way around it. The one thing about Australian Survivor, with how many players they have, with how many episodes they have to get out, they are trying to minimise people leaving due to injury. And because of how physical Australian Survivor is, there are quite a few injuries. Do we have an injury every single season? There's got to be... Like a, like a pretty substantial injury almost every season. I'd say so. Yeah, it'd, it'd be getting close. It'd yeah. be it'd be definitely getting close, and they're trying to minimise those um, uh, anti vote outs. The non what is it? Non eliminations. Yeah, non eliminations. The non elimination episodes. So they're giving them the chance. Obviously, they can't have a full hospital right next to the challenge. Um, so 24 hours, I do think is fair. They do have a lot of days up their sleeve, but and I feel like if they're going to do something like this, they shouldn't have a tribal council in those 24 hours. 100%. Like, um, don't go to tribal. I don't yeah. have the option to... I, it, but... I, yeah. I do understand the 24 hours. Give the guys a chance to recoup a little bit and get back in the game so then we can keep watching the game, we can keep seeing people voted out properly instead of getting hurt and going home. Yeah, but it, it shouldn't be a medical immunity. Like, you shouldn't be able to just miss the vote. You should still be up for a vote, I think. Yeah. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's great. And at the same time, JLP's like, okay, are we going to read the votes or not? Don't leave that in the players' hands. You're the, you're the production. You make the decisions. Oh, yeah, I liked that. <laughs> I love, I loved that. That that made good TV. Yeah, it was. It was under- that made really good TV. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to get onto that because, what are your thoughts? Was it smart them saying yes? No, it's a horrible move. It's it's, it's nonsensical. I don't. Why would you want to vote someone out when it's the first vote? when it's pretty much unanimous as it is. So next time you lose a challenge, you can just take that person out rather than have to do something else. It just, it, I don't know. I didn't, I did not think it was a good idea, especially on like day two. Um, yeah. You know, you need to keep your numbers up for a swap. You need to keep tribe harmony. Um, did not think it was necessary. Yeah. Um, tr- uh, Shannon Gus said on Twitter, uh, this is exactly like throwing a challenge. And we've all talked for hours and hours and hours about how stupid it is to throw a challenge pre-swap. It is, it's absolutely stupid. The one pro, the one pro that I did want to bring up that I did think about, because I was, I was thinking hard about this. Like, is there any good moves to this? And being that it is the first vote, this does give the tribe unity. This does get the tribe on the same page. This does give people trust and people know that the person did exactly what they said they did. Yeah. Uh, what they said they were going to do. That's a one positive I see from this, but it is exactly like throwing a challenge. And we all know how stupid that is pre-swap because you need those players. You need those pawns on the board to move around with when you get to a swap. And one thing that you have when you get to a swap is people having stuff in common. And having your former tribe in common, even if you weren't great friends, 
is still something in common that you can work on, that you can play with, that you can shape into a relationship. Yeah, they made the I wrong move. I could agree with that for sure, but you know what? Like I said, the, the, we started with twelve in a, in a three vote out week. They're down to eight already. Like it's it's there's going to be a massacre come tribe swap. I can't like the heroes don't seem like the type to be fluid and and mix with the villains too much. So like, yeah. I, I can't see it ending well. And it started off with their own decision to vote someone out when they didn't have to, and it looks like they're going to pay for it. Okay, and while we're on that note for this tribal council, um, Angeli, in her final words in her exit interview, pretty much said she was the driving force to read the vote. She just rip off the Band-Aid, get it done, come on JLP, get it done. And she had some idea she was going home, but I think she just wanted to sort of get it over and done with, if she was. That's why she was making such good TV. She might have run out of one-liners. <laughs> um, and so she pretty much, it's implied she vote, She got herself voted out. She says on her exit interview, the whole tribe was against it. And she conned them into doing it. Whether that's true or not, we don't know because we didn't see it in the edit. Yeah. But she got herself voted out. We then jump ahead to Michael, who, as per the edit, remember I'm only talking about what we've seen. As per the edit, everyone's coming in voting for George, or most of them are coming in except Shawnee and Liz are coming in voting for George. Everyone else is voting for. I mean, everyone else is voting for George. They're voting for Michael. Michael's in theory going to be safe. He then blows up a tribal council. George gets on his nerves. Michael gets a bit haywire. Gets a red. Um, gets a red forehead, which I really love George using that because how's Michael supposed to check if he's got a red forehead even if he doesn't? George just has to say that and it'll infuriate someone. It's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Asking them a thousand times. Yeah, he's antagonizing him. Antagonizing him. Great antagonizing. And so in theory, Michael's then got himself voted out by getting antagonized, letting himself get antagonized. And then we move forward to the next vote where, as per the edit, everyone's voting for Stevie. And then at the last minute, they split the votes at Tribal Council in a live tribal due to Mimi getting a bit aggressive with Stevie, Stevie looking very innocent, and Mimi getting herself voted out. That's three in a ro- three people in a row that, in theory, have got themselves voted out. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, you're saying in the edit, and that's totally valid. I guess that's what we see. But I would struggle to believe... Um, especially with the Michael and Mimi, that's actually what happened. I, th- those were planned before, especially the Michael one. That was already locked in. You could tell. You could tell by the way Geordie spoke to him before Tribal. He just sort of, you could just, his face was not convincing at all, and Michael believed it somehow. So I pushed back on that, but yeah, like it's yeah, like it wasn't great play. And I think that's the difference between the um, the new players versus returning players. Uh, you see, just like the level of composure, I guess, with the returning players. Just that little bit of nous and skill to to navigate all the relationships, or who's doing what, um, and just how to talk to people. I think that's probably the yeah. biggest thing um, we see, especially like when Simon and Michael are talking to each other, and how how different yeah. their approaches are. Simon obviously knows how to say something without saying too much. When Michael's like, "Who exactly. are you talking to?" He's like, "I'm talking to everyone. You've seen me. I'm just trying to keep a relationship." 
that's a good way to say it rather than say I'm working with this person, this person, this person is being very broad and very vague, which is what you need. Yeah. And like the, the returnees, they're actually initiating conversations. Have we seen anyone out of the newbies initiate a conversation at all other than Michael and Michael got voted out? Yeah. Well, that's it. Like the returnees have such a leg up in this game. And that's, there's a reason why nine times out of 10, when returnees are on a season, they win or get very, very far. There's only one season where they, that, that didn't happen. And yeah. that was uh, Island of the Idols. No, not Island of the Idols, Edge of Extinction. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. It's the only season where returnees, and that was just because people had worked out, returnees get very far. Get the returnees out. That's right. In American Survivor. Whereas Australian Survivor hasn't worked that out yet because from Michael's exit interview, he says there was no discussions between the newbies about getting a newbie alliance together. There was no discussion at all. It didn't come up. And with Jackie gone, they would have had the numbers. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, that's that's interesting to hear. They never never even banded the ideas together. But I guess that's the that's the returnees are just doing a good job. Like they're sort of, you know, Shawnee's got her person. Um, oh, I guess no one else really. Simon and Jordy together. Yeah, okay. So they're just doing a good job. But they're just dictating. And I guess with Simon being like the main strength of the tribe, he sort of has a bit more power than other people. So people gravitate towards what he's saying a bit. Yeah, and Shawnee plays everyone like a fiddle. She is so good at manipulation. Very talented. For sure. Very, very talented. Okay. And well, we're on... Oh, I want to... I actually... Let's let's completely change this. And I know you're not a big fan of the Australian Survivor challenges. I know if you're doing a rewatch, you're just going to skip through them. Well, you're, you're not a fan of any challenge. No, I'm not a challenge man. Like, obviously, there are means to an ends in the game and they have to happen, but I don't really enjoy watching them too much. They're generally similar to the last one and yeah, like it's fine. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I just fast forward them if I've already watched them for sure. The size of these challenges in this season, am I feeling like these are even bigger than last seasons? No, that's just Sean. Sean's just bigger than everyone else. Okay. Okay. <laughs> or are they, they made these around Sean? Oh, they're, they're definitely to his height. Um, that Kids. first one, especially where they're jumping up the thing, like no one can reach except for Sean. Yeah. Oh, Simon got up there, didn't he? But uh, did he get boosted? He definitely reached it, but then slipped off the first time. Yeah. But like, yeah, how's how's Simon supposed to get up there by himself easily? Like Sean just had so much of a, um, so much <laughs> more of a chance of doing that. Yeah. It's, it's just so much taller than Simon because, like, Simon's shorter than me. I think I got a good two or three inches on Simon, four inches because I'm six four. Just for the uh, the blind listeners out there, uh, how how tall are you, Buckles? I'm six four. There you go, six four. Yeah, oh, you could you could rival Sean maybe. Oh, I'd, I'd, <laughs> yeah, nah, I don't know. He's he's the horseman. He kicked my ass. He's the, he's living up to the name, isn't he? He's really dominant. He's just so yeah. good at everything. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We've got... Um, I loved I loved the... Oh, there was one little thing with Simon in the edit um, where he says, 
there's n- absolutely nothing that's going to save the cockroach from Bankstown. And then it just switches to a shot of Shawnee and then goes to commercial. The editing of this season is amazing. They've really stepped it up. Almost feel like they're listening to us a little bit. I, I doubt that, but no, it has been good. Um, yeah, that was a good little foreshadowing. Oh, what's going to happen? Obviously, around Shawnee, then she just flips it completely as she, only she can do and saves it. But yeah, no, it's, it's been good so far. I've really enjoyed the season, honestly. Um, arguably, yeah, best opening week of Australian history. Yeah, definitely, definitely the best opening week, rivaling 2017. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. I see that. I, I love that. it. The villain it, stripe is great. I love it. It's just so good. Every, every character is just has their own thing, you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, Fraser hasn't really been getting much of an edit. There's no. like a few purple characters there. Sarah hasn't got much of an edit. No, but she's um, good enough. Yeah, Mimi got a little bit in the sort of second episode, then got went a bit harder in the third episode on a boot episode. Yeah. Like if they sort of space it out... Just give every at least it, has everyone got a confessional? Everyone on the villain tribe has got a confessional, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Um, so that's 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 a positive. They're not on zero. Yes, some of the heroes are on zero. Probably on zero. Anyone on zero? Just wait. Let me think. I'm just actually thinking now. Yeah. Um, is I David? Think... Have we heard from David? Oh no, we haven't heard from David. There you go. No. We haven't heard from David. But apart from that, um, yeah, everyone else has, which is you know that's pretty good for Australia. Yeah, that is very good for Australia. Usually it's like you either get 20 or you get zero. So to have a bit of a widespread, that's that's good. They're learning. Yeah, they're learning slowly. Okay, well, I'm my notes were almost finished. Yeah, do you want to move into buff of the week? Uh, well, let's move into, let's quickly just rate these um, characters that got voted out. Oh, yep. I just wanted to say the journos did not last long. The two of them gone. If Ben gets voted out first, that's all the journos gone. Um, so that's that's pretty funny. Uh, Jackie rank her as a player. She was good. Not on this season, unfortunately, because we just did not get to see her. She went with George, which would have been a shield for her, which is awesome. Uh, as a character, she didn't get a confessional. It sucks, and just unfortunately. She's hurt. She's very. She was very hurt to the point of leaving the game, which really sucks. Because I was really looking forward to see her play again. She does have a great strategic mind, and just R.I.P. Jackie, uh, Ian Jolly, as a player, didn't get to see anything. As a character, holy shit, <laughs> she was the best character of the season. She could have competed with George if she lasted. Yeah, well, she's had that. Yeah, she honestly, she probably could have. She was, she was good at watch for sure. Yeah. Um, a memorable moment for her was the and heroes' bloods are my f- are our favorite. Oh yeah, no doubt. That that was the line of the season. I guess well, it was definitely the first episode. Um, yeah. Uh, Angela Angeli could return. I could see that. I, I do not see that. She was here for. I feel like she's one of like if she if you're saying she got herself voted out, she's probably on one of these like good money contracts to just come on, you know, um, cause a ruckus. She's sort of a semi celebrity, like probably the biggest celebrity there, maybe. Um, yeah. So she's not. She's Other not, than maybe David. Uh, this is worldwide. Okay, no, no, she's worldwide. You're right. You're she's right. Global, mate. She's not come back. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 
Oh, that's fair. It's like Janine. We're never going to get Janine Ellis back. And she was good. But I could see um, Angeleon maybe like The Apprentice or something, like a different show. Like, I feel like she yeah. could be back on TV, but not at Survivor. I think it might have been just too hard for her too. If, if she's saying yeah. like she voted herself out, perhaps that was oh, part of like, it. Yeah, she like, I think she was just wanted to rip off the Band-Aid to know if she was going home or not. Like thinking she didn't have a chance. She'd lost Jackie. Yeah. George possibly still wasn't coming back. Um. I don't. I don't know exactly the ins and outs. That's you should listen and um, tell me what you think. Yeah. Uh, Michael as a player, horrible. His character, not much. Ah, uh, very to the point. <laughs> I liked him as a as a as a character. Like I thought he was good because at least he has an opinion and it's a strong opinion. Whether it's good or bad is irrelevant. If you're looking for a character point, um, he brought something to the season for sure. He brought a. I guess he kicked off the season in. in in his, uh, in his, I guess, forward strategy, and it, it didn't work for him. Um, do I think he's a good player? No, I don't. But he was entertaining, and uh, I don't think we'd see him again. But Yeah, I don't think so either. No. And Mimi, as a player, no. As a character, didn't get to see enough of her. No, no. Um, she, she caused some drama. I liked that, but... Yeah. yeah, memorable moment was the cookie jar, and it was more Liz's memorable moment. But <laughs> yeah, like she stood up for herself a few times when um, what was it when they're stealing all the food at the raid, and she's like, "Oh, we should only take half." And like I said, she had a bit of guts to do that against the whole tribe. Like it's not a good social situation to put yourself in. Uh, but yeah, like I didn't enjoy that much, and I didn't really like the way she spoke to Steve when she you know, thought Steve was going home. Like, this is before Tribal Council. I didn't think that was that nice. She yeah. just seemed like she was a bit arrogant. Um, so, not for me, and I do not think she will be returning to Survivor. Yes, I don't think so either. Okay, guys, um, we're going to have this little segment at the end of each show. This is our reward Rewarding for players per episode. So for the best player of the episode, I get a buff, Matt gets a buff, we give a buff to a player. The player with the most buffs at the end of the season wins. What do they uh, win? What do they win? They win nothing because none of them are listening. <laughs> I seriously doubt that. We're, we're catching if any of them up. contact me, if any of them contact me, they can have uh, one of my buffs. Right. Okay? If the winner of this season contacts me and wants my buff, I will give them one of my buffs from one of the American seasons. I got some pretty old ones. I feel like so. they're praying to not win now. <laughs> yeah, they're praying to. Well, no, it's not ones that I've worn. They're still in the packet. Oh, they're clean. Yeah, I don't bloody go around. So I don't go around wearing my buff. Right. Like I love Survivor and all, but I just can't pull off a buff. <laughs> no fair. Um. Okay, so let's discuss episode one. Oh, uh, Mac, who's your buff for? So it was a tough one. I, I tossed up between a few people. Um, it obviously has to go on the villains because we didn't see the heroes. And I sort of just went through the tribe and just crossed out who couldn't get one. So I thought George, uh, Jack, and um, Angeli couldn't get one. George and Jack weren't there. Angeli negative sort of thing. Steve had a bad episode. Um, Michael had a bad episode. So it was sort of between like Shawnee, Simon, Liz, and Geordie. Yeah. And I've said it with Simon. Um, so after episode one, he was in a pretty good spot. He was the man of the tribe. Like he was, like he was the alpha. 
he's controlling things. He was the only one like 100% necessary for challenges. Like he was the safest person. Um, he seemed to be doing a good job at sort of um, not dictating to people when he's building a shelter and just sort of making relationships. Um, it's not a strong buff, but Simon gets my buff for episode one. Yeah, I wanted to give my buff to Jackie as sort of a parting gift. <laughs> I know that it means jack shit, but it was just, I, I was very excited to see Jackie. I feel very sorry for her. I know me getting on Survivor, if I hurt myself in the first challenge I, or the second challenge, I'd be, uh, it'd, it'd be hard to take. So I wanted to give it to Jackie. My strategic mind sort of went away from that. And I, as yes, I did pretty much the exact same thing to you. I actually didn't think Shawnee had the greatest episode other than she's still in there. Um, she didn't save herself because I don't think she was ever really a threat of going home. It was a paranoia that was really creeping in on her. So I gave mine to Simon as well. Okay. Uh, episode two. Gotta be George. Uh, um, he was the target. A lot of people were targeting him. Michael's going for him. He gets Michael out. Yeah, I, I, I went, um, Shawnee. I didn't think George got Michael out. I think Shawnee got Michael out. I think Shawnee was the one to flip everything. She took control of everything. She got a little Spice Girl alliance going with uh, George and Liz. Uh, Mimi was on the outskirts of that too. And she's the link between her and George and her and Simon and Geordie to make that the call. Um, I'm giving this whole move of Michael to Shawnee and she gets my buff for episode two. No, awesome. Awesome. It's nice to see we've got a different one. And I have a feel I feel like we've got the same one in this episode. Who's your buff for episode three? So yeah, I, it was a little bit hard. It wasn't an obvious one, but um there's a lot of a lot of chaos going around with Simon and his idol and, and what was going on. And sometimes the best move is to not make no a move. move. And um I feel like this person his nickname Chaos. He's, you know, he's he's the Joker. He's causing all the chaos. It's Geordie, obviously. Um, he's the one who <laughs> who with with the sound mind and the, you know the careful thinking made the right decision to stop his mate from blowing everything up. They needed to keep everyone united as one because there's a swap coming up. Um, just everything Geordie did was calculated, and he really earned this buff this week. Yeah, I completely agree. I actually gave him my buff for the episode as well. He kept Simon. Reasonably subdued, and the end result was perfect for both him, uh, for him, Simon maybe not so much, but at the same time Simon would have failed anyway um, because he had no one on his side. Geordie knew that what Simon was doing was wrong, convinced him otherwise, used the girls to convince him. He was the one to go up to the girls. He was smart with that because if Simon went up, Simon would have been too overbearing. The girls possibly could have felt and threatened might have destroyed the alliance, whereas Geordie was the middleman there, and he did the smart move going up. Uh, he definitely deserves the buff. So there we go for Buckles' buff of the episode. We got Simon on two, which you wouldn't think after watching the third episode. Geordie on two, Shawnee on one, and George on one. Well, they're probably the, the four main characters, really, of the season, and uh, no surprise, all returnees. Um yeah, good good week for returnees all around. All villains, all returnees. Yeah, I mean, just, the heroes are not getting a buff for probably another week or two. 
<laughs> probably not. I don't know. Who knows? They might win a reward challenge. We might actually get to see them. Then someone might do something cool. Yeah, or they'd just be like uh, Kumbaya for the next few weeks still and just be boring as as, as heroes usually are. Quite, it's the same as um, American um, heroes and villains. The heroes were so boring. There was nothing going on except for JT. Yeah. We've got Rogue. We've got Haley. There's going to be shit going on. Yeah. It's not going to be a lot, but there's going to be shit going on. Yeah, just the men are boring. Rogue is Rogue. Rogue, yeah, Rogue's gone rogue. I wrote that down. Rogue's gone rogue. Rogue's gone rogue. Hashtag Rogue's gone gone rogue. Uh, Okay, Uh, well, we might as well um, finish this up, mate. Yeah, well, we still got to scan the bets from last week. So for those of you, everyone who listened to last week's episode, we made some bets at the end of the episode as to what will happen this season. Now, some of these bets have come off. um, So I'll just quickly go through them. It's not super important, but... um, Interesting to note that one of us has taken a decent sized lead in this in this uh, in the bets here. So one of the yeah. bets was how many times will we hear Macedonian Jesus or Bankstown in the first episode? And the line was set at four and a half, which means if it was five, it was overs, or if it was four, it was unders. And I went the unders, and I got a big tick with only two times we heard it, and it was in the same confessional by George. Exactly. Um, another one was how many times will we hear Geordie re- referenced as a joker? And the line was only three and a half and, uh, buckles went over and surprisingly, again, only two times he mentioned it. Um, how many times I was, re- was going to win every single one? <laughs> I thought it'd just be nonstop, but you know what? Maybe he has calmed down and, and realized maybe he can't win as a joker. He, he wanted to be more, a bit more subtle. Yeah. Um, how many times we hear, hear the word queen in episode one? Uh, we did not hear it at all. And uh, Buckles went with the under there, so tick for him. Oh, didn't Nina have a confessional saying, no, my mum's the queen? Never mentioned the oh, word queen. That mentioned was episode mom. two, I guess. Didn't, no, didn't say the word queen. Well, I didn't count it after it's, that, but yeah. She, did, she, de- she might have said it in episode two. Sorry. Yeah. I definitely heard it somewhere. No, that's all good. Anyway. Yeah. Um, another one was how many times will we hear the word as a hero or villain? Also zero, which is super surprising given the way that the American survivor is. Um, we saw like heroes, healers, hustlers, and all that's all they reference themselves as every single confessional. Uh, maybe they've been instructed not to do it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, will we have a medivac? I went yes and tick for me. Uh, when did the first idol be found? I went after episode one and that was correct as and the last one was uh, in what episode will JLP make his first sexual innuendo the line was two and a half and he did it episode three and Buckles went under which gives me one more point so I make an <laughs> unassailable 5-1 lead in the best of 13 so Mac uh, we've we've got some stuff coming up don't we mate it's a big week coming up um, obviously this podcast, um, and then we're doing another one next week, and we have we have our first guest on next week. Um, she's one of the admins of the Australian Survivor Superfan Community page on Facebook, Beck Wilson. Um, oh, and, Beck Wilson! I played yeah. a Survivor mini with her once. She was she's awesome. She's she's good fun. She has very strong opinions. Um, anyone that's <laughs> in the community probably knows her. She posts a lot, and she she's played a lot of orgs. So looking forward to that next week. Uh, do you, she'll match our banter easily. She might actually have to take the podcast here, mate. We, we might be yeah. out of a job. Yeah, okay. So this is now not with Mac and Buckles, it's with Beck. That's right. <laughs> <Pressure> Beck. <laughs> and um, I guess another thing that we've got coming up is 
We have the Australian Survivor Trivia and Viewing Party. And I believe Cara is going to be there. It's at the uh, upstairs Bursford. 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 So that's Hills. Darlinghurst. Yeah. We're going to go. So come along. You get to meet us as well as other people in the community. We're not that famous yet, but. And you can tell us everything that we've gotten wrong so far. Or. Which is a decent amount. Or everything we've gotten right and be a positive person. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, the internet's not positive. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. But face to face, it will be because you're six foot four. Uh, remember? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, anyway, guys, uh, please like and subscribe. We're on Facebook at Survivor Buffs, Blindsides, and Bu- and Banter. We're on Instagram. Only posted once so far, but I'm getting there. I'm learning how to do social media, so we're on Instagram at Survivor underscore three BS. Or three Bs. Um, then we're on Twitter at Survivor Three Bs. And yeah, get on, start following us. We need more followers. So if you made it this far, I feel like you're one of them. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mac. Thanks for this week, mate. Thanks, Buckles. We'll see you, see you on Tuesday at the viewing party. Yeah, I'll see you then. And then we get to podcast the next day. Joyce. Phew. How good. <laughs> Uh, good on you, mate. Stay Wait. Is this Survivor? What? Bro, are you listening to Survivor? Guys, I think this is Survivor. Dude, you must really like Survivor.